0: Hello, and welcome to The Dirt, in partnership with Marshall's Garden. Now, the conversation you're about to hear with our lovely guest, Ashley, is really interesting, really fun, and she's a great guest. But unfortunately, we have had a few tech gremlins, so the sound isn't great in some parts, but we hope you'll love it anyway. So, let's try that again, shall we? Hello, and welcome to The Dirt, in partnership with Marshall's Garden. We're the podcast that propagates the love of all elements of gardening. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine.
1: And I'm Blake, Grow Your Own's deputy editor. You're going to want to stick around because Laura has a very cheeky Alan Titchmarsh story lined up that's not to be missed and we will have your usual dose of the more serious gardening advice and inspo. But before we get to that, we're joined from Surrey by allotment here, Ashley Nwakori. Hi, Ashley.
2: Hi, thanks
0: so much for having me. Thank you for joining us.
1: How are you today? I'm really cold. Cold, cold, cold. What's happened with the weather? I know, we had that one nice week or a <laughs> yeah. few days really and now it's just turned again. But
2: yeah. pretend
1: spring. Never mind. It will get better.
2: <laughs> Those nice days, I was working and it's finding my day off, and this is what I get in return. Not amused. <laughs>
1: Oh, no. Why is that always the way? That always happens to me as well.
0: (laughs) Um, So, we would love to talk to you about um, a few different elements of your gardening experiences today, if that's okay. And we'd like to start off by asking you if you could tell us a bit about any of your
2: real gardening successes. Um, Right now at the Lotland, we've got lots of purple sprouting broccoli coming through. Mm-hmm. And if you've grown purple sprouting broccoli before, you know the battle. First, it was the pigeons, then, it was the slugs, <laughs> then, it was the snails, oh. and then, it's the year long wait until you finally get it. So, I'm so <laughs> happy to finally have it after I think I sowed the seeds about this time last year, and I had no idea it takes this long to finally get it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's
0: a real um sort of the real reward at the end of a long process there, isn't it?
2: <laughs> I couldn't believe how long it took to get it. But yeah, I'm so excited. So 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 excited to finally have our very own purple sprouting broccoli. Mm-hmm. So after all those battles, I'm so pleased and I'm like, yeah, big win, big success.
1: What are you gonna do with it? Have you got any plans for how you're gonna cook it?
2: I just steam it. Or oh, add it in stir fries. I wish I was really creative with ideas, but it's just stir fries.
1: Stir fries are good.
2: Yeah. No one else really likes broccoli at home except the little one. So oh. we grew the pebble one just for her. Purple <laughs> yeah, sprouting broccoli has been really fun for us. Um
1: so you mentioned your little ones. They are often on the plot with you, aren't they? I've seen on your social media channels. <laughs> yes. How do you how do you keep them interested and, and um keep them busy?
2: Oh, they're so amusing. They're permanently helping. Always, always, always helping. But if anybody out there's listening and you've gardened with, ch- with children, you'll know that the help is a double edged sword. <laughs> it's help, but more times than not, it's just <laughs> it becomes the funny stories that you'll hear about later on. And that must be so lovely um
0: to be sort of giving them that appreciation for you know growing their food and the being outdoors and everything like that. Um, And I suppose also something that all of us could do with with learning is, as you were saying, the kind of the patience that comes with waiting for crops to develop. And I imagine it's you know, it feels like a long wait for us. It must feel an even longer wait for little ones. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's so amusing to see how they view the gardening world. You plant the seeds today and then tomorrow they're like, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? And I'm like, that's how I feel too.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to say I'm exactly the same.
2: <laughs> yeah, we can all relate. <laughs> Or if you've got ginger or turmeric that you're waiting to sprout, it's like, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? I'm like, yes, I totally relate. <laughs> um,
0: so moving on, as you said yourself to some of the sort of funnier sides of the of the gardening coin, the things that haven't gone
2: quite so well, would you be able <laughs> to tell us about any of those as well? Honestly, my family is sabotaging me. That's all oh, I no. have to say about it. My family is sabotaging <laughs> my allotment attempts. oh It started off with um, <laughs> um, religiously trying to get my labelling game sorted out. You know, every <laughs> single year you try really hard and then somewhere along the lines it gets jumbled up. Yeah. You don't know what is what. You know, vaguely, I think it might be mm. a tomato. I think it's a chili, but I don't know. It's, Something somewhere has gone swapped over. So this year I was like, no, I am going to be on top of it. (laughs) I got the label printing machine out. I got my labels immaculately organized. My chilies are nicely laid out on my windowsill with all the proper names because I've been doing lots of seed swapping, sharing on Instagram of how proud I am of my nicely labeled chilies. Um, The other day, I went and took a long bath (laughs) and my kids decided to help me with some gardening. They pulled out all the labels and they they mixed it all up. (laughs) I don't know what is what. I just know I'm growing chilies and I'm growing aubergines. I have no idea what is what anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And all my labels are currently in their bedroom. Well, I mean, surprise plants (laughs) will still be good plants. I definitely have surprise (laughs) plants. So, yeah uh that's another amateur year for me maybe next year maybe next year I'll get the labeling thing right but yeah do you
1: think they did they do it on purpose do you think they knew they were just being a bit cheeky or they were just being helpful
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're genuinely helping. They were oh. taking the label so that they could also grow their own little windowsill off things. They are genuinely, oh. genuinely helping. Yeah. And it's just the sweetest thing. You can't even get angry. It's just like, oh, thanks yes. for the help. <laughs> <laughs> On the lines of helping me out, my husband has also been helping me. And um, I've been battling slugs for the last year at the allotment. Mm. Yeah. And I really didn't want to use chemicals. And my plot neighbor told me, Oh, get some beer for for the slugs. And then you just pour the beer into little containers, leave it out, and they'll basically get drunk. And that's <laughs> who sorted. And that's a much, 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 much nicer way to get rid <laughs> of them. I was like, oh, all right, then I'll do that. So I bought some beer, took it to the allotment. Then my husband, every now and then he likes to go there for some quiet time when I'm at work or whatever. Whatever Saw the beer And he was like No 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 That's far too good For the slugs And he took it all away So yeah <laughs> <laughs> So the continues um, Apparently beer is too fancy For the slugs And I need to find Another solution So Still working on that
1: one <laughs> I love that so much uh,
2: yeah. Oh my
0: goodness. Yeah. So you really are battling on all fronts there, aren't you? Against all of
2: your helpers. <laughs> yep. I've got lots of helpers. That's all I have to say on it. I've got lots and <laughs> lots of helpers. <laughs> Well-meaning helpers.
1: So am I right in thinking that you took on your allotment plot about a year ago? Yeah. And how's that How's that year been? Have you? Do you feel like you've got it under control and you've got it how you want it to be or is there still work to be done?
2: Yeah, so I was definitely one of the lockdown allotmenteers. I got my allotment, fortunately, in February last year. Right. So by the time lockdown hit, we were at the allotment every single day. Wow. And um, yeah, we got lots of stuff done last year. But the weeds have crept back in. Yeah. Bindweed is back in full swing. Couch mm. Grass is <laughs> saying hello in my strawberry bed. <laughs> um <laughs> I am definitely oh, no. of the lazy school of volunteering. I go once a week. I drink a lot of tea. I look at my weeds, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I always bring my kids as well, so that that's even less work that gets done. But it's very productive, very very productive. So, mm. uh, in terms of if you want an immaculate plot, I am not your person. If you want to have fun. And have a fairly chilled out time and share a cup of tea and a little chit chat at the allotment. I'm definitely your girl. Oh, those are the best bits, aren't they? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, you are our kind of gardener because we we don't stop drinking tea, Laura and I, and um, we're famous for it when we're in the office. Uh, so yes, this is this is our kind of allotment plot. I think just going and having a look at all the weeds with a nice warm cup of tea and then putting off the work until next week.
0: I would also say though that on the subject of the weeds we can always use the excuse because I mean I'm looking out of the window at my garden at the moment and weeds is about the about the extent of what's growing out there and I just think to myself well you know it'll be good for pollinators anything growing (laughs) is good for pollinators so actually all we're doing is being really really eco-conscious gardeners
1: (laughs) that's a good that's a good way to spin it isn't it let's
0: do that definitely <laughs> so bringing you on to um sort of any cheeky tips or hacks that you might have for people listening um do you have any little shortcuts and things that you can share with us yeah
2: seeing as i'm the queen of lazy gardening <laughs> um,
1: this is your moment
2: <laughs> this is my moment success stories <laughs> uh, but this one this question is the one i was waiting for <laughs> <laughs> um, you know how people sweep their rubbish under the carpet? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I do the same at the lot lock- I sweep <laughs> I sweep all my weeds under the paths. <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> um, whenever I do some weeding, I just chuck them onto the paths, mm. throw a bit of cardboard on top of it, a wood chip, and then, yeah, carry on about my day. So don't don't go investigating under my paths. All of them are just basically where all <laughs> the weeds end up.
1: That's a good idea. Just yeah. get rid of them, cover them over. Nobody will know.
2: Nobody will know. Uh, well, they will now that i Well, they do now because you just told. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't actually have the um, garden collection at home because I'm too cheap. And I always said, oh, I'll well, take it to the tip. And then you see the mound growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're like, yeah, I'll do it next week. And it never happened. So the first time I was like, oh, let's just spread it around. And then I put the cardboard on. And then that became the kids' play area. And then it was like, more weeds okay, where should we put them now? It was like the first path that got filled up. I was like, oh, okay, next (laughs) path. And then I've just realized this is definitely a thing with me. I just hide all my weeds under cardboard and wood chip.
0: Well, I think it sounds like a great idea. And, you know, giving you a very functional path that's probably quite comfortable to walk on because of the weed padding. (laughs) It's definitely very well
2: padded.
1: It's nice to turn something like the invasive weeds into something that you you know you're like let's make this into a little event mm-hmm. <laughs> see them off in style
0: yeah, we definitely do that if there's anyone listening who is perhaps taking on a new allotment plot now and they might have a bindweed infestation there um what would you recommend for starting to get on top of that without feeling overwhelmed with
2: it oh it's exhausting um i tried to dig it out and very, very, very quickly realized it was eating into my tea drinking time. <laughs> so, <I'm... laughs> honestly, one thing and one thing only cover it with plastic. You know that thick, heavy duty yeah. mm-hmm. plastic? We get it in our allotment shop. Um, it can't be the flimsy stuff, it has to be really heavy duty stuff. Cover half of your plot. Start working a small little bit, small bits at a time. That way you get time to drink tea. If you try to do it all at once, when when is the tea going to fit in? It's
1: a very <laughs> important point.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I did. I just worked a section at a time. What yeah. I wasn't working on, I just covered so that uh, it, it would take the joy out of taking the kids to the allotment if it's all working, working, working. There has to be time for us to have fun as well. And I'm trying to, to teach them that gardening is fun. Mm-hmm. Gardening mm-hmm. is a place to relax. Gardening is a place to just reconnect with nature. It's not supposed to feel like a work day where you just go and do lots of jobs at the same time. We do a little yeah. bit. We have a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. I drink my tea and have a chit-chat with the neighbours. They go off, they play. And yeah.
1: That's how it should be, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, exactly, you're right. It shouldn't yeah. be all work. And, and if it is all work and no play, then what are you doing it for? Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be... A balance which is important
0: yeah. yeah absolutely and I think there can often be that thing where you feel um very pressured you know if there's those allotmenteers who are there most of the day every day and have immaculate plots and it can it can be quite a sort of pressurizing situation where you feel like you have to have that as well but actually taking a step back and saying what it's meant to be is fun. Is so important. I think
1: drinking even body. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what we like to end on with our guests is often quite a big question. The um, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learnt since you've been growing your own?
2: Um, one of the tough ones that I realised is that water. Water is a limited resource mm. and. Mm at the allotment I didn't realize that our water doesn't get turned on until pretty much late April and if you've got Mm -hmm. seedlings and young plants at the allotment it's a real challenge is whatever water you've saved that's all you've got to last until then Mm -hmm. so this year I've been really thinking how can I how can I save more rainwater how can I make my plants a little bit more drought resistant Mm -hmm. and more importantly how can I not have to water every single day because that is quite a commitment on my part and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the things I'm really keen to try out this year I'm going to be bearing a, a bottle next to every single tomato plant and every squash plant I've been saving for us we've got lots of milk bottles but for everyone else use what, whatever you've got if it's coke bottles or whatever it is that you get and that way you can fill that bottle all the mm. way to the top with water and just remember to stick some holes in it and that water will slowly seep out into the soil, to the plant, the Mm plant will take what it needs. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go to the allotment every single day to water the really thirsty plants. The rest are fairly hardy and don't require watering that much anyways. And Mm -hmm. uh, it fits into my lazy gardening theme. It fits into being a bit more eco-friendly and more importantly, Mm -hmm. what is just such a struggle at allotment now I really need to think about how I can be more clever about Mm -hmm. it
0: Mm. yeah that's a really great tip because I do think that's something that a lot of people struggle with that as you say whether it's the access to water at the allotment or whether it's again as you say the time of having to go there every single day between work and childcare Mm. and everything else and and also as you say the importance of the eco-friendly side of it so I think that's that's a tip that ticks a lot of boxes and I think I may well do it with my own tomatoes this year
1: yay (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so much for joining us today Ashley and um good luck with sorting out those uh seedlings that you've now got all muddled up and hopefully (laughs) you'll be able to work out (laughs) what's what and and still get some nice veg from them
2: (laughs) Uh, you'll just see my Instagram post or be just be like chilies. Oh well thank you so much for
0: joining us today Ashley. It's been great. And Blake, yep. shall we grab Malcolm and have a chat with our sponsors, Marshall's Garden?
1: Let's do that.
0: Hello Malcolm, how are you today?
3: Hi Laura, I'm very well, thank you, very well. Um, not quite as warm this week as I think last time we spoke, but uh, yeah, it's uh, fitting a little bit like spring on the way.
0: Yeah, we were saying it sort of feels like the nice weather from last week felt a bit like pretend spring, the sort of spring that tricks you into thinking it's spring before <laughs> it actually is.
3: Well, I think I, I think there's still a sting in the tail yet, but, uh, yeah. but no, those lighter evenings and uh, mm. lighter mornings that 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 obviously helps.
0: Yeah, it makes an enormous difference, and especially after work, to be able to get out into the garden and see the garden as well.
3: That's right. We're moving out of the uh, the phase of just battening down the hatches, I think, and uh, wanting to venture out a bit more. So, yeah, I've certainly had a very busy weekend last weekend in my garden and uh, um, it's looking tidy, uh, but uh, now's when the work starts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So thinking about um, the fact that at this time of year, people will be looking at crops they want to add to their garden. um, You're here to chat to us today about crops worth their weight in gold, aren't you?
3: That's right. Yeah, it's it's a, a subjective topic. It's something that there's no one right answer to, but uh, I think we probably can think of things that uh, are either personal favourites of ours or are particularly delicious or perhaps are very expensive. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, there, there are lots of reasons why people may choose to grow the things that they do in their garden. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um. So what would you say are some of the things that people should consider, like some of the reasons that um, – you might find that people are choosing crops what what do you think are important considerations before people make their purchase
3: i think one obvious one is what you like to eat yourself we all have our personal favourites and uh, yeah i don't suppose anybody normally grows lots of something that they don't enjoy themselves unless it's um, growing it for somebody else in the family perhaps but mm. uh, yeah i think also what we can grow reliably in our garden we have things that we've uh, we know are tried and tested favourites in our own uh, space. We might also choose to grow things to to show at our local uh, our local show. Lots of different reasons, but as I say, we we may consider within that what's actually worth growing in terms of the value that you get back from it. So uh, that may be about the actual price of the fruit or veg themselves. It might be about the yield that you get or how quickly it yields.
1: Yeah.
3: Or it it, it might be just about avoiding waste that we uh, find is a big problem with things that we buy from the supermarket. Mm.
1: It's interesting that you say that because when I saw this um, subject that we were talking about today, my mind instantly went to um, crops where you're kind of not spending so much on as what you're getting back and, and thinking from it uh, about it from a monetary point of view but you're so right that there's value in so many different ways when we're growing yeah. our own and and um there's lots of benefits to be had mm-hmm. beyond yeah. that as well yeah
3: that's right and, and, and also we grow things that you can't buy in the shop so yeah doing the price comparison on on them is is not possible we might choose to grow varieties of tomatoes for instance that you just simply won't see in the supermarkets so you can't say mm-hmm. how much are they worth because you can't buy them yeah but uh, yeah, a lot, as you say, lots of different reasons why you might say that's good value.
1: So, what sort of crops did you have in mind, or spring to mind for you um, under this heading?
3: Well, if you if you look first of all at the the, the things that uh, you first mentioned, Blake, so things which are um, uh, expensive, uh, where mm-hmm. the, where the value of the harvest is, is high, you might look at things like asparagus. Obviously, that's an expensive yeah. vegetable to buy in the shops as well as being Mm. especially delicious when it's picked fresh. And, of course, after the initial wait of of three years or so before you start cropping, then you can keep picking for 10, 15 or more years from your plot. So in terms of the return that you get from your asparagus crowns to the value of the crop, I think that's one obvious example. Another one might be uh, melons. They're, They're great fun to grow, but they're quite an expensive fruit. And you can choose from all the different types of uh, melons, Galias, cantaloupe, charente, watermelon, and so on. Yeah. Start sowing them in April, and from August onwards, you can enjoy the fruits of your labours. Um, bit more work, but the mm. the value of the crop is is perhaps higher. Um, or a third example might be in the in the buried fruit, so uh, things like strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, blueberries. Obviously, they can be uh, quite pricey. Mm. Freshness is superb, it's unbeatable mm-hmm. when you're growing them yourself. And uh, again, the choice of varieties that you've got is is going to be far in excess of what you'll see in the supermarkets yeah. anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, so, can you also tell us some of these types of veg that people will be able to get from the Marshall's Garden website?
3: Well, some other examples I picked out, Laura, were things like chilies. Um, so a bit quicker to crop than asparagus that we mentioned earlier on of course Um, you can grow them from seeds which you can still be sowing now of course or from plants which um, we typically have available from may and they not only yield a big crop of what are otherwise pricey fruits from a very small space but they do it over many weeks and of course you can dry dry them for Mm. using over winter so i think a little chili plant's Mm. worth its weight in gold
0: yeah, and also the fact that you have much more control over experimenting with um, different, different sort of flavour profiles and heats and looks, and you definitely can't find, as you were saying earlier, you definitely can't find that variety of chilies in the
3: shops. A- absolutely, in my local shop, if you want chilies, you can get a little packet of red and green chilies, but they are what they are. They're usually not named varieties, and. To be honest, don't usually have a lot of heat in them. I personally prefer something a little bit more fiery. Um, But yeah, that's something that you can't put a monetary value on. But having that choice, uh, I think, is very important. Um, A couple of other examples I picked out: uh, salad leaves is a real pet hate of mine. The amount of waste that you get when you buy them from the supermarket. I guess it's my Mm -hmm. own fault. I don't. I buy a bag, use some of it, forget that I've put it back in the fridge. And uh, I've really tried hard in recent times to, uh, for as much of the year as possible, to sow successionally and just keep picking. Uh, but just what I want and not having any waste at all, not chucking all the plastic away. And I think... Uh, it, in and some of those of, limp
1: leaves that you get in the supermarkets as well uh, are just a bit...
3: Yeah, I mean... Have- much about them no exactly they can be sometimes they've got a bit of crisp to them but very often as you say they're they're quite wet in the bag and so on but it's the waste i was thinking of in the context of the value Mm. here if you think about the price of uh, of the leaves that you buy in the supermarket but i i'm guessing maybe i'm just terrible but uh Probably thirty percent of what people buy ends up going in the bin because it's by the once you've opened it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't look as appealing the next day or the day after. So I, I put them in the in the no. real value category. And then one other really obvious example, of course, is tomatoes. We did touch on those earlier, but we're talking here of a potentially big yield of a relatively expensive food item from a modest space. Mm. Undoubtedly, all the better for eating fresh. Yeah. And of course, you've got the choice, not just of varieties, but of types and colours. We've got not just salad tomatoes or red ones, but cherry and plum and beefsteak and orange and yellow and purple and striped ones and heritage varieties and so on. And um, yeah, I would put those in the worth their weight in gold category definitely
0: yeah absolutely i think the only problem with them if we have to say there's a problem is that it's so easy to get carried away (laughs) and like every every single year i say i'm not going to have a tomato forest again and then every single year i have a tomato forest and do you know what i do not regret it it's (laughs) it's just so uh, lovely to go out there and see the different types that are suitable for different dishes and all the vibrant colors and Oh, I just
3: love it. Absolutely. But I think also if you're growing for friends and family and neighbours and and so on and, uh, yeah, I mean, God forbid that the present circumstances carry on for too much longer. But, again, we've got that great advantage of not having to go to the shop um, Mm -hmm. so often. We can just go and pick fresh as we want it in our own garden. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. I do sometimes think though, I don't, a little bit off topic here, but I don't know if you both find this at the peak point in the season, your shopping basket always looks really unhealthy because there's no vegetables and stuff in there. And you feel like (laughs) having to say to everybody, I am eating some vegetables, just grow them in the garden.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so I hadn't thought of that, but that's a very interesting point. Yeah,
0: Very, 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 very
3: interesting point. (laughs) <laughs> I'll have to just buy a token something to um, make it look unhealthy. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: um, so people can obviously find um, a lot of these vegetables and fruits um, online on the Marshall's Garden website, can't they, Malcolm?
3: Uh, they can, across the full range of veg seeds and young plants and fruit, buried fruit, all the currants and stone fruit and top fruit, uh, the the full range of grow your own there. It's very much the backbone of what Marshalls does. We obviously have a lot of hardware, a lot of other ornamental plants, and and so on. But grow your own is, is the Marshalls heritage um, has been mm. since the late forties, and uh, that that's that's what we do more of than anything.
0: Yeah, I can. I can absolutely say from personal experience that using the website is like being a kid in a sweet shop because I went on the website the other day with the express aim of buying some strawberry plants. <laughs> left the website. <laughs> what did you come out with? <laughs> left the website having bought my strawberry plants, but also. Two blueberry bushes and a kiwi berry bush. As well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: think
3: that, that, that was an hour well spent. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, no, thank you for that. That's and that, that that's good to hear. And I think yeah, the new the new website is uh, is looking good and is being uh, developed more all the time.
0: Um it's been great to great to chat again.
3: Uh, yes, yeah, always good to, to to catch up. And uh, I know that the subject matter is a bit subjective, but hopefully just a bit of food for thought there on uh, how we make the choices of what we grow.
0: Yeah I think it is a really interesting um a really interesting way of looking at it that as Blake said earlier looking at the value not just necessarily meaning monetary value but um all of the other things that it can mean and I think that's really something that I've found myself in the time that I've been growing that the variety and being able to grow something just that you've never seen before like I remember a couple of years ago I grew a couple of years ago um a couple of years ago I um grew a chili plant called Nosferati that had like purple leaves and stems and everything and then the fruits ripened to really really deep red and I thought you know what regardless of whether I could eat them or not it was a beautiful ornamental plant
3: exactly (laughs) and that's the thing about so many uh, things in the in the grow your own world. They're not just for eating. They they do look fantastic um, in the garden, on the patio, and and of course on the plate. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, thank you so much for joining us again today, Malcolm.
3: Thank you, Laura
0: and Blake. We should go and talk about some news stories.
1: Laura. I promised the listeners that you had a saucy little story for us yes. about Alan Titchmarsh. Um, I hope I haven't overpromised and that this isn't going to disappoint, but fire away. Well,
0: I certainly hope it doesn't disappoint. Um, <laughs> as we know, Mr. Titchmarsh has delved into the cheeky side of things with his novel writing but he has now brought it into the garden. uh. Basically there is an interesting feature on the Express (laughs) website about testing the temperature of soil as we all know a good practice before you start sowing in the spring. Yeah. And he's just talking about the different ways you can do it Um, he says basically it can be things like if the weeds are germinating, then it's warm enough for hardy plants and things like that. Um, he also mentions the baby bathwater test, um, which is a sort of secondary test you can do, um, referring to the hack that parents use for testing if bathwater is too warm or too cold for their child by sticking their elbow in the water. Makes sense, oh, you yeah. see. Does the soil feel warm to your elbow? Yes, go ahead. No. Don't go ahead.
1: Is there, why would you do that over just putting your hand on the soil? But anyway, I guess
0: your elbow is a bit more It's sensitive. more sensitive. But mm. that's, not, that's not it. That's not where this stops.
1: I was going to say, this isn't sounding very cheeky so far. It's
0: the third test. And he has said in extreme cases and quite a few years ago. And he then says, and he has never used this. <laughs> Drop your trousers and sit with your naked bottom on the soil if you go oh that's cold it's too cold for seeds he has reiterated it's not a hack that he's keen to try out and thinks perhaps the elbow is preferable (laughs) (laughs) but I would also say it seems sort of logical you know if you've had a hard day in the garden and you'd like a little sit down kill two birds with one stone oh
1: my god yes
0: Um, that's so
1: funny imagine yeah, walking onto your allotment site, and Dave from three plots down <laughs> is just sitting there with no trousers. No on, thanks, on his Dave. Plot.
0: Um, <laughs> no, I, I would so, definitely say avoid it if you're on an allotment plot because we don't want to encourage people to get arrested. <laughs> yes. um, but perhaps if your garden isn't overlooked and if you just fancy being at one with nature, it
1: could be worth. That's a, try. a good point. You know, you might. Feel that you're more in tune with uh, your garden if you're putting your bum cheeks on the soil.
0: Yeah. Now I'm mildly terrified to ask, but listeners, if any of you or anyone you know has tried this, we would be uh, keen to hear about it. I say hear about it. We don't want pictures on social media. Thank I was going to say
1: normally we um... ask for photos, but <laughs> this is one thing where I think you know you could tell us, but we don't need to see.
0: Yeah, but just it's is this sort of sort of technique, has that ever been used by any of you? Or do you have any unusual techniques yourself for testing the soil? Um,
1: yeah, I'd love to hear.
0: Yeah, there we go. That's it. Bottoms up or down
1: on the soil. I've actually been uh, digging into something slightly more serious this week. Um, okay. Not serious, serious, but I found a really good A to Z of gardening advice Mm. on the guardian website that um has everything you need to know to get going this spring and it's just a really interesting read so I'm going to post it on the old social media channels if you want to have a look at it too it's got some useful little hacks and shortcuts and we love them obviously on the dirt so Mm. um there's some good ones on there but the first thing I always do whenever I see one of these things and I'm like what is B because B is for Blake um (laughs) And in this of course, article, why not? <laughs> exactly. It's all about me. Um, in this article, what do you think B is for in the garden? Uh,
0: bugs or bulbs or berries?
1: Good options, uh, good ideas there. But actually, B is for birds. Uh, um, sure. And they have some advice from RSPB wildlife gardener Adrian Thomas, who says that. Whilst you may have always heard that you should feed um, your garden birds over the winter because that might be when they can't get uh, food elsewhere, yeah. actually, you should be doing it all the way through the year. Mm-hmm. And um, spring is an especially hungry time for your local bird population. So he suggests putting your feeder in an elevated position close to a bushel tree so there's somewhere that they can hide if any local predators, cats, yeah. or other predators nearby come and try and get them. So, um, Make sure they've got a, an easy escape plan.
0: Yeah, that's great advice.
1: Um, and he also says that um, you should avoid very cheap bird seed mixes as so they can have hard wheat in them, which mm. the birds don't like. So it's worth perhaps splashing the cash a bit and and treating your your birds.
0: Oh, that's lovely. I like that a lot.
1: So um, And I can't just talk about B for Blake and not do L for Laura. So L...
0: Okay. Is for...
1: Is for lasagna.
0: Oh, I'm assuming you don't mean the food.
1: This isn't about the food. Um, <laughs> Shame.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but L is for bulb lasagnas. So this is the art of layering multiple bulbs in one pot in late winter, which then come up layer by layer and it sort of looks gorgeous. I know Ooh. this is something that's been championed by Sarah Raven a lot. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's a really nice way of planting your bulbs and making sure that you get a really spectacular display.
0: Oh, Beautiful. Um, Yeah, less tasty, but more beautiful. Yeah,
1: a handy, handy thing. Lovely. Um, There's something really useful and interesting in there that I didn't know, which is that if you sprinkle chili powder on top, it deters bulb-eating squirrels from coming in, having a nibble of your bulbs and ruining your um, garden display. So, yeah.
0: That is a good tip.
1: A hot oh no um (laughs) so I'm going to post this up on the social media channels. so if anybody wants to go and see what their initial is if you're as (laughs) (laughs) self-indulgent as what we are um,
0: well I would also say um if you have enjoyed the lovely chat um with our brilliant guest Ashley at the start of the show um she also has a tip in there I believe so yeah I saw that
1: big up Ashley um As it's spring, I have one final thing to finish on and that is um, the person that I saw on Twitter that said that they bought um, their partner some daffodils, you know, like the stems where flowers haven't come out yet Mm -hmm. um, and you can get them in all the supermarkets and stuff, but their partner thought they were spring onions and he came home to find them chopped up on the chopping board ready for dinner. (laughs) An easy mistake (laughs) to make, I think, because they do look kind of similar. (laughs) Um, Probably less I... <laughs> tasty.
0: <laughs> oh my god! So that
1: made me chuckle.
0: Yeah. Oh, I feel like after the talk of spring onion, daffodils, and bulbless onions, disclaimer: please make sure that what you're eating is edible <laughs> before you eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and understand that food terminology
1: doesn't always mean food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, I've got some jobs on the plot to uh, be getting on with, so I'll let you get off and I will share those. Spring is finally in the air and the increasing number of sunny days is welcome relief to gardeners and allotmenteers. You can now begin preparing seed beds in earnest, along with a number of other outdoor tasks such as making sowings, cutting back winter shrubs and tidying up in general. The longer days are triggering new growth, so a little added protection will really help your early sowings. Before leaping forth with seed packets and plug plants, work out exactly what you want to eat and where you want it positioned to ensure you have the room, and keep some seeds in the tin. Delay sowing parsnips till April or May, for example, as this makes them a little less vulnerable to canker disease infection. Late March is a great time to plant asparagus crowns, so it's worth giving some thought now to if you'd like to get a bed underway. Choose a weed-free, well-drained site with little shade and water well for their first summer. Set your crowns into the trench at least 30 centimetres apart, straddling the roots either side of the mound, then fill back the soil so that the buds sit just beneath the surface. And if you love a bargain as much as we do, keep an eye on the fruit tree aisles of your local garden centre on your next visit. Many nurseries will be looking to shift remaining bare root stock now as they need to be planted this month. So it's a great time to be looking. There may be fewer varieties on offer, but it's a great way of cutting costs at an expensive time in the gardening calendar. Have a lovely week and until next time, happy growing from all of us.
0: Thanks again for joining us for this episode of The Dirt in partnership with Marshalls. Marshalls Garden is an online gardening shop where it's easy to find everything you need for gardening all in one place. Founded over 75 years ago, its heritage is in supplying vegetable seeds and plants, including seed potatoes, onions, fruit plants and trees to grow your own gardeners.
1: The company's passion, expertise and excellence continues in 2021, where it will launch over 130 new seed varieties. Specialists in garden care, Marshalls has the best range of compost, fertilizers, controls and hardware you will find online. Order from the easy to use website or from the delightful catalogue for convenient delivery direct to your door. You'll find lots of help and advice on the website, including growing guides, seasonal advice, monthly jobs and inspiration for projects to do in the garden. Just visit marshallsgarden.com for more.
0: And Don't forget to subscribe for free to make sure you never miss an episode of The Dirt. We'd love it if you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to tell all your lovely garden and allotment neighbours where to find us. Plus, as a special treat... We've got an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer just for the Dirt listeners. Head to growfruitsandveg.co.uk forward slash gpod7, that's G-P-O-D and the number 7, or call 0800 904 700 and quote gpod7 to receive seven issues of our magazine Grow Your Own straight to your door for just £29.99. That's eleven ninety four off. Every issue is edited by me and the team and is packed with gardening advice and jobs to tick off your list and a big bonus. Each magazine comes with a selection of free seeds so you can get growing straight away. Check the episode notes for details and terms. And on a final exciting note, we're on the hunt for podcast guests and the next one could be you or someone you know. If you, a friend or a family member, has some great gardening advice, dirty gardening secrets or funny plot disasters they'd like to share, let us know by emailing thedirt at growfruitandveg.co.uk.